everyone, and welcome to the Magic Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Cohen, and as always, I'm joined by the head coach of Magic Gaming, Jonah Edwards. And for the second time on this show, we welcome in Magic Gaming Center May, uh, who was acquired by the team last fall in an off-season trade. How are you guys doing? Great. Thanks, Josh. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Just trying to stay occupied during these uh, unprecedented times, but uh, everything going smoothly so far. Uh, so, May, I, I want to first ask you, uh, how do you think your role will be different with the Magic compared to what it was with the Pistons? Will it pretty much be the same, or are you expected to carry different responsibilities? Uh, well, it's similar in the fact that you just do what you think will like most benefit the team, and I mean, each year is somewhat similar in 2K, but it's also different. So, like, comparing both league builds, like, I would say, for example, like, the center last year, it wasn't really – you didn't really have to score as much, but I would say this year centers sort of look to score more. So, it's kind of you, – you try to keep the same play style, but at the same time, uh, you, like, work within the game. Jonah, you have said in the past – that you think May is the league's best rebounder. Uh, he showed that to be one of his main strengths in the recent three-on-three tournaments. Uh, can you envision him leading the league in that category this season? Yeah, you know, um, I mean, I, that's something that could that could totally happen. Um, we try not to get ahead of ourselves here. Uh, you know, I, I do firmly believe still after after a, a month or so of practice that Robbie is amongst the league's elite and rebounding. Um, so that that point is definitely still valid. Uh, you know, just kind of about what what we decide to how we decide to play. Um, some games may be rebound heavy, some may not be. Um, just different play styles. So I'm not I'm not so sure that we are the same team that we were last year to where we will be throwing up. You know, the same exact uh, offensive scheme in the same shots where you know rebounding may be um, one of our massive strengths but I can I can assure you that Robbie will always hold his own um, on the board count against against anybody in the league may aside from DJ Bama everyone else on this team has experienced playing in the 2k league uh, toxic and profusion both played in season one and two uh, while you Reezy and DT were rookies last season do you think already being familiar with with the ebb and flow of the season will help you guys get off to a hot start? Uh, well, yeah, so speaking on that, you kind of – it's it's different than playing at home, just playing pro-am because, like, it's just different. It's a job now, and, like, it's just like a, – it's a different daily grind. So you get used to it. Like, I'm sure DJ is getting used to it because we've been practicing for about – two months now and uh yeah like I said it's just like it's like a different grind than your usual just playing at home and like playing on your own time like now you have like scheduled stuff you have to be ready and awake at certain times and it's just more professional Jonah how important is that for you as coach you know this is really the first year where some teams will be stocked with veterans while some decided to rebuild this past offseason. Do you find it easier to get your messages across when you have a collection of players that already have familiarity with the league? 
I would say definitely yes, um, but I'd say that even though they're veterans, that it can bring unique challenges. Um, the fact that they've they've kind of been in the league, and you know, to be candid with with all that's been going on in the world, um, a massive advantage for us is maybe out the window with the fact that you know we're not sure when we're going to be playing games in a studio um, on a stage where we felt like we were a team prepared for a stage environment with guys that have have performed on stage for a few years, and and we know that we're going to show up in that moment. Um, so we're kind of, you know, presented with this unique challenge where everyone's comfortable. Uh, everyone's, you know, there may not be that advantage, that edge factor that we could have had. Some other teams are definitely facing that right now, too. I would say the Blazers are the best example of a team that, um, you know, have, has major trash talkers, major veterans, uh, multiple MVPs. But, you know, maybe don't have that same edge online. So we're we're working in other ways, trying to de- t- trying to develop something and, um but I would say yes. Like, there's no question. It's it's an advantage to have players that have been around the league space before. Um, but it can bring unique challenges. Like I said, where you know maybe they don't have some of the best tendencies that they've developed in past environments and, and things of that nature. So always working, always trying to, to grow everyone and and you know you know make them the best they can be. Whether it's the NBA, college, or any other level. How much uh, basketball do you watch, May, and does it help you develop a stronger understanding of the game? Do you ever use real-time hoops as a way to sharpen up your basketball knowledge in a way that could help you on the virtual side? Uh, to be completely honest, no. Like I've, I've recorded in my whole life, I've recorded one – NBA play and like sent it to like my pro-am team but other than that like I'll usually like I'm from Boston so I'll watch if like the Celtics are in the playoffs but I always grew up sort of a hockey guy like I grew up playing hockey I, I never really played basketball competitively so I just I got into NBA 2K just like I don't know I, I, lo- I like the sport and I was always natural at the game so that sort of been, that was my path to playing the game. Interesting. Now, for you, Jonah, I know you watch a lot of basketball. When you're watching games at any level—NBA, college, Euroball, whatever the case may be—are you strategizing in your mind how you can adopt some of these schemes you are watching and implement them into the virtual game? Absolutely. Um, I think that the, the team that I would say I would watch the most to, to try to implement something would probably be the Houston Rockets. And that just has more to do with the fact that I think they run a lot of quick, quick stuff, um, which is what is more easily applied to 2K. Um, because, you know, a lot of a lot of teams will run sets. Um, you know, maybe I should I should credit the San Antonio Spurs that are maybe slower moving. Um, and, and that just is not what's going to work in 2K. You can't leave a player isolated too long with a defender. Um, things like that. So, uh, but but I would say yes. I and, and you know I, I think even to take that a step further, like studying the coaches, what their philosophies are. I think that you know a lot of of what a lot of what I try to teach is probably a lot of stuff I learned from from Coach Kerr um, and, and just listening to him and and kind of reading up on him and things of that nature. So I'm also a big Bill Bill Belichick guy. So that's where a, a lot of my inspiration comes from too on the coaching side. May I know you're one of the more reserved players in the league, maybe a little quieter. But how do you handle trash talkers when you're competing? Some players like to try to get under the skin of opponents. You know, one of our early episodes, we talked about some of the more notable 
trash talkers in the league. But how do you block that out? Or do you embrace it and use it as motivation? Uh, I mean, well, for one, you can't really hear them because you have a headset on. And two, I would say I find it just kind of funny when Especially if like if they just get a good animation, it's like oh good block, dude. I don't, like I don't, I, there's really nothing really to say back. So, I mean, I just find it kind of funny if people trash talk me. Yeah, Jonah, from your experience, how much of blocking out that noise, even if in certain instances players can't necessarily hear them because of the headset, but how important is it to not let that distraction cause them to lose their composure? Yeah, Josh, I think you saw that a little last year uh, with with kind of how I handled the, the youth we had on the team. Um, we just didn't buy into it at all, especially early on. It was more that the message for me was we have to prove ourselves before we can even feel like we are are a good enough good enough team to be able to trash talk on stage. And um, I know there's all kinds of clips of me like literally physically sitting Kelmav down in his chair like, hey, lock in, like let's pay attention to the game. Let's not get wrapped up in this, these emotions. Um, and, so I, I would say it's definitely something that's a focus when you're on stage but but also it's not something that's going to take up a lot of like we're not going to discuss it a lot we're just going to kind of um kind of let it ride and, and just try not to get caught up in it too much do you encourage trash talking at all where it can apply and maybe help your team as far as gain some extra confidence and motivation or would you rather your team not get involved in that at all I think that there are specific players and teams where, first of all, it's inevitable that there's going to be trash talk. Um, I think when you play the Celtics, like Melis is just going to trash talk you and you're going to kind of have to say stuff back to, to get your to get your point across a little bit. Um, so I would say it goes both ways for sure. I th- I'd say I definitely would lean on the side of like, hey, let's just focus on us. Let's not get caught up in the emotions. Let's let's just be a great team. And when this game is is getting close to the end, when we have won, I said that's your moment. It's like then you know they can't even reply to you. They what are they going to say? Yeah, you just beat us. Um, so we we did that against the Grizzlies at the turn, and it got quite ugly. And it maybe came back to bite us because I think or at the ticket, sorry, and it got a little ugly, right? And um, yeah. you know they did beat us in the regular season um after that and i think that was a big reason for it is the fact they were just really hungry to beat us because of that so again we we try not to just uh you know put a target on our back if we can help it um but you know like i can do what i want i can say what i want uh but dt is going to trash talk some there's just no way around it um Mm -hmm. so we're just it's something you kind of accept as well it's always fascinating to me Now, May, I asked Profusion this in the last episode, but I was curious to get your thoughts. What is the average circumstance like for a 2K player, a professional 2K player during the offseason as far as trying to stay active and fresh with the game to make sure that they're well prepared by the time the season starts? What do you do to make sure that you're at your highest point once the season begins? Well, I play uh, Pro-Am with my team, RDG, who has, like, a lot. basically all Pro-Am teams now have this, but, like, just players throughout the league. So I've there's a couple on the T-Wolves and one on the Grizzlies and sort of one on Gen.G. But anyway, yeah, I would play Pro-Am, just play, like, tournaments and leagues and just like compete at the highest level like basically all the way up to when i come to orlando gotcha and you're from massachusetts correct 
Yes, correct. Right. So I'm assuming you're a New England Patriots fan or perhaps you're not a hometown fan. Uh, yeah, I definitely am, yeah. I, I just want to know what your reaction has been to Tom Brady and now Rob Gronkowski as well. Uh, no longer being with the Patriots and now being in Tampa with the Bucks. Uh, do you think Brady should have retired as a Patriot or do you accept the fact that it was time for him to uh, move on and try new challenges? Well, I, de- I, I definitely wanted him to stay and for them to get more weapons for him. But with that being said, I'm honestly excited to watch the Buccaneers and like I'd basically be like a second fan to the Bucks. So, I mean, yes, I do wish he retired, but I mean, it is what it is. I mean, it's pretty cool that uh, I'm assuming, is he your favorite all-time player? I would imagine for most Patriots. Uh, yeah, one. I guess so, yeah. It's kind of cool for you that you come to Florida essentially the same time he does. Just kind of a interesting yeah, side, of you know, to sort of keep in your memory bank. I think that's pretty cool. But, Jonah, you're a New York Giants fan, correct? That's right. How did that come about? Because you're from Indiana, right? That That is true. Um, my, my dad's side of the family is from New York, um, though though he never lived in New York. Uh, but we grew up Yankees, Giants, Knicks fans. And I've uh, actually been to, to multiple games out in New York City, uh, Yankees games, Knicks games, Giants games, things of that nature. Gotcha. I would have thought that – since I would imagine your youth was predominantly coinciding with Peyton Manning with all those Colts teams, I would have thought you'd be a Colts fan, but now I understand some of the background on it. So that's uh, really cool. Uh, since this is airing on Friday, uh, I'm not going to ask you guys about the NFL draft uh, just because a lot of it will have already taken place. But uh, good luck to both of your teams uh, for the next few days as far as building the Giants and the Patriots. But that's about all the time we have for this edition of the Magic Gaming Podcast. As always, stay tuned to all of the Magic Gaming social media channels and the team's website, magicgaming.mba.com, for upcoming announcements and news. So thanks again, and we'll catch you soon.